Welcome to another episode of Reverse Ambition, a podcast that focuses on those who take a risk to follow their dreams and passion. My name is Kelsey Cooper, aka The Social Broker, and today's guest is a dynamic brother who's multifaceted, a uh, computer tech graduate from college who moved to New York to do advertising, but his passion leads in art, passion in art leads him to uh, Jamaica. And I want this brother to tell his story in terms of, uh, you know, his how, why, when, you know, what motivates him. Today's guest is no other than Andre Woolery. What's up, good brother? What's going on, man? What's going on with you, Thank man? you for having me. Nah, bro, thank you for uh, for uh, getting on here. Um, known you for a while. I've been following you for a minute, you know, um, and I've been inspired by your journey, bro. So, and I know others will be inspired by it. So what I usually do, I usually ask my guests, you know, to walk me through their journey in terms of where they grew up, where they went to school, what they majored in, and, you know, to tell their story. So go right ahead, okay. man. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, growing up, uh, most of my growing up happened in uh, northern New Jersey in a town called Morristown. Um, uh, I come from a Jamaican family, so... Um, a lot of back and forth, uh, where it was like pretty much like my early childhood, I lived in Jamaica with like my aunt, my grandmother, and then came back to the States. Um, and then pretty much every summer I just went to Jamaica, um, to spend time with my family. So it was just a lot of back and forth, back and forth until I probably hit high school. Um, and, um, you know, I went to college, um, at Duke University in North Carolina, um, I majored in computer science, and that was primarily because I had no clue what I wanted to major in. But at the time, um, I was good at math, um, mm-hmm. naturally. And, you know, my parents were like, yeah, you love computers. You're so into technology. It's the wave of the future. Just go ahead and um, do this um, computer science thing. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll give it a shot, give it a try. Um so it, was, it wasn't something that you were passionate about. It was just something that your parents suggested. I mean, it was something that I was curious about. Okay. Um, I, w- I wasn't passionate about it. You know, it was kind of one of those things that, like, like they were 100% right. Like, uh, I, I was fiddling with all types of programs on my computer and doing all types of things on the Internet. Um, so I think I was a little bit advanced at the time. Okay. Um, just because of my curiosity. Um, and I mean, to this day, I, I still have a, I just love technology as a whole. So, um, I don't think that that thread of interest and curiosity has, has gone anywhere. It's just the way I channel it is, uh, is much different now. And back then they wanted me to focus pretty much on programming. Um, and, uh, I ended up like, I liked it, but I ended up not loving it as much. And I found myself feeling like I was starving some side of myself. Um, uh, so like at the last year of college, my senior year, I pretty much decided to, um, try to take some graphic design classes because I felt like there was like a creative side of me that just was, um, not coming out as much. And I knew I wanted to get in advertising. So I was like, Oh, I need to build out, um, a creative portfolio. So let me just take some courses to kind of build those skills up and see what can happen. Okay. Uh, and, you know, and, and back then, like, my understanding of advertising was 
you were a creative director and that's the only people that worked in the advertising agency. Um, so, you know, uh, after I graduated, it turned into how do I get into an advertising agency? So I just was trying to find a way in the door to eventually become a creative director, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily, like Ogilvy was starting a digital media group. They had media planning there that was um, traditional for a while, but they started to kind of like they started actually having a practice that was focused more on digital. And because my background was technical computer science, I think someone just decided to give me a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right. And you know, I luckily uh, got a job as a assistant media planner um in midtown at ogilvy i think i was like making like twenty six thousand a year wow and i was like i was like yeah this is uh this is the best thing that could ever happen to me this is around like, 2003 <laughs> 2004 yeah, yeah yeah this is uh this is yeah summer 2003 um i think i started in august of 2003 right um at that job how was that experience uh, it was great. I mean, honestly, Ogilvy um, is a pretty big, well-known advertising agency, and they have such an immersive kind of onboarding and training program for everyone that works there. So, you know, immediately in that first year, I learned so much about advertising. I learned so much about um, working in the industry, the company, um, everything. So it was like, I I'd immediately jumped in and it was like, wow, this is um, I've grown tremendously in the time that I've been here um, just by all the things that I've been exposed to and all the people and talent and all that kind of stuff. And then obviously New York as a whole, um, it just gives you a certain kind of energy and vibe and, and ambition. So um, I, you know, it was, it was a great experience. And I, and I worked there for like four years. Okay. Um, four years yeah, out of college. I mean, yeah, four years out of college. And you know, the first few years, it was like I was basically doing my job during the day, and then at nighttime, I'd take these classes to kind of uh, build out a, a creative portfolio, um, thinking that that was still what I wanted to do. Um, and then just somewhere halfway along the, the way, um, I got into this innovation group uh, at Ogilvy, um, and that's kind of like back to where it was like, oh, like, I'm really interested in technology and, and innovation. Um, and this group was primarily trying to bring new ideas and new thoughts to um, some of their, their, their uh, clients. Um, and the thing that we were trying to do at the time was like in-game advertising, um, mobile ads that were like pretty much sending SMS text to people um, based on weather alerts and all these things. So at this now, now I think back and I'm like, oh, that's like so basic. Right. Um, but I was but innovative the time, back then. <laughs> yeah. At that time, it was like no one was doing it. It was like cutting edge. Like you, you probably had like just a few vendors that could do it, and it was like a long process. Um, and that kind of like opened me up to a whole other side of like the whole industry in terms of driving innovation and pushing people along and um, using technology in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. So where did your uh, passion for art came about? When did that, when did you, when, yeah, was, that, when, was, when was that fire started? When, you know, when did it start? I, I mean, I, I think I always had a passion for art. Um, when I was younger, before college, I essentially, uh, I used to like draw comic books. I used to do all types of like artistic and creative things. 
Um, I even used to like watch that Bob Ross show and like follow along and paint the landscapes and then like uh, hustle and sell all the soccer moms and like on my team, like all these uh, paintings and stuff like that. So, so once again, like it's, I've always had an interest in art and I've always had a creative side. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I started working, it was like, I got so much into like the advertising world and technology and things along those lines. It just kind of completely dropped off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it wasn't until around 2009, I kind of felt once again, this kind of internal urging that like, Hey, I need to do something more creative, something with my hands. Um, and I mapped out this kind of one month retreat, um, from work where Mm -hmm. I decided to take a sabbatical for about a month and I mapped out pretty much every single day of those 30 days. I had a different creative project or some, um, thing that I wanted to produce or achieve to experiment and see what did I really like. Um, Right. So the first day. Yeah, so like the first day was like painting, another day was photography, another one was getting back into coding. Uh, there was just a, a variety of different things that I just wanted to kind of explore and see what really um, got got me kind of fired up. Um, and like I said, that first day was painting, and it was like immediately I was like, oh man, damn, this this is actually this. I want to do this tomorrow. So you know basically, I mean? you picked up painting. You know, like so you, so you used to do stuff in high school, but you just, mm. you know, 2009, just started painting again. You know, just just yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of just like, like, like the funny thing is my wife, I mean, she was my girlfriend at the time. She, like, saw um, some of the stuff I used to sketch in high school, and she, like, on a, when the Christmas before, she bought me, um, like, this whole easel and paint set, mm-hmm. and I let it sit there for, like, a, for, like, a year. And she was like, I, I thought you were going to like this gift or whatever. And then it sat dusty. And then all of a sudden, like, when this opportunity, or like, at least when I stepped myself towards it, then it kind of just opened up. So, I mean, all of a sudden it just took over. It's overwhelming. You're like, forget advertising, forget, you know, <laughs> corporate America. Art is my, my thing. You know, is that what happened or? No, no, I mean, it, it wasn't like immediate, like forget everything. It was, it was very much like, all right, on the, like all in my spare time, I'm not going to waste it doing other stuff. Like I, like, uh, you know, I started slowing down on sports. I started slowing down on going out. I started slowing down on everything. It was like, when I came home from work, it was like, all right, I'm going to do something in my living room on the weekends. It was like, everything I did was planning around trying to create time to create artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like a slow build where after that summer, it was like, I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do spending my, my spare time. And then after like a year of, of just doing and creating and getting to the vibe, it was like, I was at that point, I was like, oh man, this is, I need to just be doing this as much as possible. Wow. Um, so uh, this was like in uh, what twenty ten, you know? Yeah, yeah, about about twenty ten. So what did you do once you came to that realization that, you know, this is my new passion. This is what I need to be doing. How did you, yeah, you know, navigate I, life? I just yeah, I just started to. Um, it was like I started to try to bring my two worlds together because I knew so much about technology and. Thing and advertising and media and all that stuff, I was like, all right, 
let me go ahead and um, make a website uh, to put my art up. Let me find a way to sell it because I do stuff and I post it on like Facebook and then everyone would be like, oh, are you selling that? Can I buy it? Listen and that. And it was just like, it became like an overwhelming thing. And I was like, I think I have to kind of find a way to sell this stuff because people are asking. Right. Um, so it, it just turned into like me playing around and making a website and making things available for sale. Um, and then it just kind of starts. It's just like people started ordering prints. People started ordering commissions. And I was just like having fun with it. Um, and it was just really just having fun. Um, and not caring about anything. And then I got to the point where I made like two pieces that people really, really liked. And then people started asking me to bring it to events for shows and things like that. And I was like, damn, like somebody wants me to bring this somewhere so other people can see it. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is like something I could take seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the same point, like I would never call myself an artist at that early moment because I just felt like there was a just major gap between myself and what I saw the people doing and, and all that stuff. Um, and then the moment that I started getting more and more feedback that was in a positive way, I, I started kind of, it started to help validate myself in my own mind in terms of, oh, maybe this is something that I'm pretty good at. Um, and then from there, I just started to experiment even more. And I got past, I got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm done with paint. Let me just play around and find something else to do. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's where I made uh, my first pushpin piece, um, which was a portrait of Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was What inspired you the, to do that? Like, you just... Yeah, of... I mean, it, it was literally, uh, I, I got off a Christmas break. And I finished the painting for someone and I was like, what's next? And I was just basically like, I don't want to do any paint because I think I've exhausted what I can do with paint. And then I started being like, oh, can I do some like, you know, mixed media stuff where I put things together and assemble them. And I was looking for colorful things and it started where I was like, oh, let me try to do a thing where I take Fruit Loops and, and map out the colors in a certain way and like lay them down and glue them on the thing and make a portrait out of it. And then I was, then I realized that was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> and then I started like researching uh, uh, colorful things. And then like I was just in the house and I saw like a whole bunch of colored pushpins. I was like, oh man, is there somewhere where I can um, get like a thousand of these pushpins? And I searched and searched and searched and then finally found this place um, that was that sold thousands and thousands of pushpins with like maybe seven different color options. Um, right in New York, like I think on 14th and 6th, um, and I just ordered a whole bunch and I was like, let me just see what happens. Um, and then it took me like two or three months, and then it got, it was done, and I was like, damn, this is hot. Wow. Um, and then I posted it on Twitter, and it was like, literally the next day I woke up, and my my Twitter was on fire. It was like, I was getting reposted by all these hip hop magazines, wow. all these people. It was it it was just like this crazy, crazy storm um, that happened when I woke up, and I was like, "What the hell? Wow! Like, why is my stuff like?" And it was this weren't even like professional photos. This was like just a snapshot from my phone that was ended up in articles. Wow! Like on 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 these like websites, 
And then people started reaching out to me. And then at that point, I was like, oh, there's like a wave happening right here. Let me go uh-huh. ahead and try to ride, ride it. <laughs> right, 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 right. So how did you ride it? I mean, you know. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, at that point, um, at that point, it was like one of those situations that I put myself out there and um, I started doing stuff. And it was like everyone that knew me or was around me kind of supported me in a way where they were the ones that kind of like pushed me to do stuff, pushed me mm. to sell stuff. Um, and then once I got to this point, they were like, all right, you need to go ahead and just start like making a whole bunch of stuff. So, so immediately after that, like I was doing like interview, like people were asking to interview me and I was like, I don't even know what the hell to say. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, uh, and then I just, that the rest of that year, I was like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just go ahead and, 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 um, let my creativity loose and not hold back and just like create a whole bunch of stuff. So at that point I, I created pretty much a whole collection of pushpin pieces. Um, uh, and I think like watch throne was coming out at that same time or whatever. And like Obama was president. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, Oh, this is kind of a crazy moment in time. I was like, there, this is a moment in time where you have black men that are literally dominating all of media like obama's everywhere jay-z and kanye are everywhere and it was just like let me just see if i can do stuff that feels like like they're representing pop culture right now so i mm. made it was just like let's just make this kind of very pop driven artwork that focuses on kind of like the black male um in media and, and all that kind of stuff and and then it just after that year i had a decent collection of work um and then I was like, I literally was just like, hey, I think I want to have a show. Okay. Like one day, I just was like, I think I want to have a show. I don't know what that means. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think I want to have a show. And it was like uh, two weeks later, some dude hit me up and was like, hey, like we have this gallery and we think your, dope is wor- your work is dope. Um, would you want to have a show? And I was like, wow. Oh, so you just put it out in the universe and then all of a <laughs> yeah. sudden... You know, somebody hits yeah. you up randomly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that that's that's literally how this all like every step along the way was just putting myself out there, and like just putting things in the universe, and it was like the universe continually um, just brought the things that I wanted um, mm-hmm. to me in different ways um, or whatever. So basically, your art your art started taking over your life. Or well, you know, how did you manage that with your nine to five? It, it it just kind of um, it started to work really well together for a moment because at that show a lot of my coworkers came and like they had no idea like what I was really up to like the president of my company came and, wow. and he and he was like like I had no idea this is what you had going on in your spare time and um they even supported me like like they like the company commissioned me to do a piece for the office wow it just kind of you know it it just uh i felt like everyone supported it in some way um um and the only challenging thing about it was 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 really just the the tugging um of the two sides of myself because at that point i started it started to feel like there was two sides in me whether Mm. one side that was going into this workspace where um, a lot of things are dictated by um, a bit of like what the clients were and all those kind of things. Um, I did have a lot of freedom in 
and you know agencies are all about creativity and innovation so so I, I was expressing myself in, in one way uh, during the daytime and then at nighttime it was like I had complete creative bounds to do whatever the hell I wanted um, and it was all very much with my hands so it was kind of like this bouncing back and forth between digital and and like a tactile kind of thing um, and uh, it just started to be a question in my head of like hey like what's the path that I should go down like right should I should I keep doing the advertising thing or should I do this thing that I have complete control of um, that just seems to continually be rewarding me mm-hmm. um, in different ways um, and that and that, and you know it started a whole series of conversations with me and my wife at the time your girlfriend um, because, was she your girlfriend or your wife at the time uh let me see when when all these conversations really started to happen we had just got married that's what it was we okay. just got married um we got married in jamaica and she uh also had been to jamaica with me like a lot in those two years before that mm-hmm. so right after we, we we got married and we and we're like we came back it was kind of like the question started to be like is there some opportunity for us out there because she wanted to do something um a little bit more tourism related mm-hmm. um, and then i was like hey like this art thing is popping off like that seems like the right environment to kind of um try to do art full-time because one is like i have such freedom and space there. And then on top of it, um, I'm surrounded by family and it's just, it just feels like a nice like incubation space to kind of do things. Um, and then we're also like, Hey, we have kids. Like if there's any time in our lives it's now. Right. <laughs> so collectively you guys decided to, to like drop everything and yeah. move to Jamaica. Yeah. It was, a, it was a collective kind of decision and, um, conversations uh because we ended up kind of talking to each other and being like hey like if we can have creative freedom what is the kind of impact we can create um for ourselves or for other people or whatever and that's kind of what what grounded us in saying all right we think that creative freedom can can bring us more um in this world so we have to take a shot at it right right Um, so you were like peace (laughs) <laughs> to your job, <laughs> peace to your friends. Yeah. Like I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was definitely like yeah, it was peace to a lot of things too. Like and and honestly, like now that I look back at it, I I didn't realize how much I was saying peace to certain things because in my head I was like ah oh, like I'll see my my peoples all the time and I was like ah oh, I'll probably be back in New York and um and, you know all these different things uh. And in hindsight, it's kind of like we really did say peace to like everything. Like, right, right, uh, right. Yeah. So uh, you guys picked up, moved to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. How did you guys get established? I know you built, because uh, I was following you on the gram or something. I know you built a studio yeah. and everything out there from scratch, right? Yeah. It was kind of like, like, and that's that's kind of, that's kind of how Jamaica greeted us in a certain way. It was like, we got there, we sold most of our stuff in New York, and then we shipped about five barrels and one box to Jamaica with like clothes and art supplies. Um, and then my parents have a house out there. So we crashed there for 
um, a few months to kind of get settled. And while we were there, they basically were like, hey, like we have this plot of land next to us that you know we're not doing anything with. Wow. What What do you want to do? And this, but this was like we moved there on December fifth of two thousand thirteen. Uh huh. And a week later, we started building the studio. It was like. I just I called my boy, like one of my best friends out there. He does like steel work and a whole bunch of like masonry work. And I was like, hey, we want to build a studio. What part of Jamaica, um, by the way? Um, a, a small little village called Chalky Hill, which is um, the north coast of Jamaica. It's about a 15, 20 minute ride from Ocho Rios. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's up, up in the hills um, a bit. Um, uh, nice little area that pretty much I grew up mostly in, in almost the neighborhood. So it was kind of like, I just kind of was like, Hey, I, I want to build a studio. And then everyone kind of jumped in. Wow. And was like, well, look, and, look at the universe helping out again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was like, everyone jumped in and then, and then it was like in three weeks, the studio was built. Wow. It was like we, we dug out the foundation. We did all the block work. We casted everything. We put on a roof. We painted. We um, put a little bit of electricity and Wi-Fi in there. Um, and then, like, my parents had some windows that they never put on their house in their basement. Put those in there. Bought mm-hmm. a door. And it was done. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you you know, you have the, the ultimate creative freedom, bro. Like, yeah. how was that feeling? Like, oh, my God, I, I don't have the stress of New York. I'm here where my birthplace, my birthland. I'm here with my new wife. How is yeah. that? How is that life? Yeah, I, I remember like the, the the first night that like it was actually done and we could go in there and turn on the light and look. I just kind of like just sat there for like an hour, just kind of like, damn. Like, this <laughs> is, like it, it was like one of those things that if you were to rewind. A month ago, you'd be like, I could never imagine this. If you and then you rewind a year ago, you'd be like, I could never imagine. Right. This. You rewind five years ago, you're like, this is like completely impossible and crazy, not gonna happen. Right. Um, and I just was like, coming to the realization that I'm finding myself in this, um, this new reality that just was completely beyond what I could ever imagine. It was kind of surreal, uh, right? It was like a dream yeah. or something, right? <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Right. Um, and you know, at that time, I just was like super energized to uh, to create, be in there and create. You know? uh-huh. So, um, yeah. So, so, how was like adjusting like everyday life, and uh, you know, between you and your wife, you know, how often did you, you know, were you in your um, studio, your new studio, and how did you adjust to like, you know, being in Jamaica full time? Yeah, man, it was a. Uh, um, for my wife, it was a much easier transition. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was going to transition easier because I was like, oh, I know everything I can know. I know everybody, blah, blah, blah. But for her, it was like everything was brand new. So uh-huh. she met it with a certain kind of excitement and enthusiasm. Uh-huh. Um, so she had a blast the entire time because she was learning about all this, all this food, all this all the plants, all the neighborhoods, all the different parts of Jamaica. Like, she well, your, your wife is not Jamaican, right? No, no, she's uh, from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, wow. Midwest. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Michigan girl uh, now now on an island. Wow, that's crazy. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So, 
so she and and also she was doing a um a tourism business there so it, so it also like made sense for her to she was all focused on immersing herself in Jamaica and what it meant to be a tourist and what it meant to kind of understand everything about the culture so um she was in a really great spot also mm-hmm. um for me um the harder thing about it was you know Jamaica is just way slower than mm. everywhere else like right. you know you come from you coming from New York and it's like you have express lanes you got easy passes you got all the things that help you move faster or or at least try to get faster and there it's like everyone's like ah you might get it today you might get it tomorrow you might get it <laughs> next week wow <laughs> that pace that pace uh, was too slow for you yeah i mean the pace was slow and then you know um for art stuff like you have to be very strategic about getting your supplies because there if you buy paint it's probably two or three times more expensive than it is here like canvas all that stuff like you just can't get it uh at the same price or even the same speed um just because there's just not much of a market for art supplies out there right just like a few spots um so then it turned into this whole game of me figuring out who's coming in Jamaica and how I can ship stuff and not get duty and right. and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, like it, it's all these simple, small things. You took for granted here in the States, right? Yeah. Like, you def- yeah. I mean, you know, Amazon prime, like anything you want at any given time, you can order it for on prime and get it free shipping a day or two later. Right. Like, like now nah, if I want something random and unique, it's, it's going to take a lot of work for me to figure out how to get it right? or a lot of money. <laughs> so did that slow up your creativity? Did that frustrate you? Frustrate it? Frustrate you? Um, it didn't slow up my creativity. It just frustrated me um, because I, cause I, cause I got there and I really had the freedom. So I had a million ideas. I had a million things I wanted to try. Um, and at, at one point in time, it was frustrating, but also... Um, that restriction kind of helped focus me too mm. um because it was like a bit of like hey what can you do with what you, what you have start that mm-hmm. and then if you don't have something what's another solution around it right um so there's all these things where i had to um figure out like for example if i if i had artwork and i knew that if you make artwork it has to be able to ship to different places for shows and all this kind of stuff so I started to, I worked with this carpenter to um, build out my canvases where they can be collapsible. It was mm. like almost like a, I can just, I could take off the canvas and then collapse the frame down into a thing where it could turn into a, like, I just roll it up and, it, and it's no longer this thing that's like six feet by four feet. It's mm. now just, it's just a, like almost like a tube that's just uh, like six feet tall and then, you know, uh, four inches in diameter so right. there's a lot of like things i had to figure out and solve and create solutions for um which was a really all good learning exercise in jamaica to kind of really be an artist mm-hmm. um and and being a limited um an environment that's limiting in terms of um all the things you can do in america and you have to just find you know your ways around it as an independent artist right right so outside of art, you know, how is everyday living? Um, I know you say your, your yeah. wife was like, you know, loving it and just embracing it all the mm. way. But 
how is it you know so you said the place was the pace was slow you were living you know close to your parents again you know yeah how was that lifestyle um it was it was frustrating at first and then it became like incredible because mm. um one is I you, I you start really seeing the shift in your quality of life mm. like you start to like really shift and understand like what it means to um eat food that is not organic on purpose just organic naturally right um uh you start to like see the benefits of um salt water and sweat and 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 you know you know rain you get a little bit closer to nature in a certain mm-hmm. way um and then on top of that i'm surrounded by family and a lot of family that's like older family so, so those are the ones that i know but don't know so well as much as like my cousins and ones that are like in my age group uh-huh. so i just found myself kind of re-meeting or having a reintroduction to my family from a whole other lens right um and that that's where like things started to like really feel um like really fulfilling right so in terms of your art right um being that in jamaica mm-hmm. did it hinders you that you were in jamaica in terms of you know getting clients and engaging clients or did it enhance it uh you know in terms of staying connected with your your yeah. your client base yeah i mean i think um it, it i don't think it did much to be honest because most of the communications and most of the things that i've done with art have been through digital means mm-hmm. so okay um I always made sure I set myself up in a way where people would never feel like I was out of distance. Right. Um, um, and then I would, you know, I'd come to New York every two or three months um, for some type of project um, that I would have to do. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it created those moments where it was like, all right, be in New York, do this project, see as many people as I can, as I can see really quickly and then dip back off. Right. Um, uh, but I think what it did hinder a bit was um, the amount of shows I could be in. Oh. Um, you know, and, and like that's that's the thing that um, gives you visibility as an artist right. to all the different types of people, whether that's um, the spaces themselves, the curators, um, people that are like just art enthusiasts, other artists. Um, you miss you miss that kind of interaction and engagement with your work. Um, so I had to try to find ways to kind of dial it up a little bit more online. Oh, um, build your presence uh, digitally on social media and so forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, did you miss your, your nine to five check? Or, you uh, know. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you definitely miss that. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> you, I mean, you miss, you miss a nine to five check and you miss um, that good uh, insurance. Oh, so you had no insurance. So you were like. Yeah. So did you uh, second guess your, your yourself at times, you know, during yeah, the process? I mean, you're, yeah, you're always second guessing yourself. I mean, like, like that's the thing. Like with the art thing, it's like, it's it's a roller coaster ride, mm-hmm. um, a roller coaster ride in so many senses because um, the money isn't consistent. It's one of those things that it's like, you know, you'll have a moment where you're like, oh man, I'm selling all this artwork, and then you'll have like this dry, dry spell for like three or four months. Um, with absolutely nothing, mm. and then it goes then it goes back up. So financially, it's a roller coaster, 
then like emotionally it's a roller coaster because you'll have these moments where you're doing work and you're in the flow and you're like, oh yeah, I know, I know how to do this. I got skills, blah, blah, blah. And then you're working on a new project and it's like you're struggling through some things and you're like, oh man, am I even good? Am right. I an imposter? Like, I'm not an artist. Like, what am I even fooling myself? Right, right. So, <laughs> right. So, so like, yeah, it's just a, a mix of, a mixed bag of self-confidence and self-doubt that you just never know which one you're going to get that day. Right. So how long um, did you uh, live out in Jamaica? I uh, lived out there for four and a half years. Wow. So what got you back yeah. uh, to the uh, States? Yeah, I mean, um, so in those four and a half years, um, essentially, I, I had a I had a daughter. Um, oh. So, yeah, so, so once my wife got pregnant, it was like I jumped into kind of like parent father mode and I was like I gotta have a house right so then so then we built a house from scratch oh wow um and tried to race it was like once again another race to try to get it done before my daughter was born uh-huh. we didn't make it of course um but you know uh we built a house in pretty much seven months mm. um and and then uh we moved in and um and then at that point, it was like doing art still, but then people would hit me up um, that, that used to work with me, like, oh, I got this small little gig. Um, I would love for you to participate. And I'd be like, sure, no problems. Um, and usually they were like two week, three week kind of stint mm-hmm. of like, hey, I just got this like pitch and I need some help kind of putting some ideas together. And this is for advertising. So, yeah, it was like folks that I worked with. Um, uh, at Ogilvy? From like advertising. Yeah, well, not at Ogilvy, uh, at KBSP or Media Kitchen or one of those agencies that I worked at uh, before I left. Uh huh. Um, and then, you know, my daughter started getting older and we started looking to put her in school. And we just, because we're located in the central part of the country and um, we just couldn't find the right school for her. Oh. So at that point, we were like looking for um, a summer camp to, to put her in for in New York and I was like, Oh, let me see if I can like, um, get a small gig in New York for Mm -hmm. the summer. Um, and then while I was kind of like, like looking around and seeing what was available, um, one of my old kind of like mentors and, and bosses hit me up and was like, yeah, like there's opportunity, um, in Seattle. What do you think about it? And I was like, man, like, I don't know. I don't know anything about Seattle. I never live on the West coast. Like, I'm just looking for a short-term thing in New York where I can just quickly pop in and pop out and I know exactly how to navigate or whatever. And then, you know, just through a series of conversations, I just realized, I was like, oh, man, this is an interesting opportunity. Um, and, I, and I found myself, like, kind of back in that, that dilemma again of, like, hmm, do I go right or do I go left? Right, right. <laughs> So, but you're in a different uh, place in your life now, you know, you're married, yeah. you have a daughter, so it's not about your, you know, you anymore. You have to think about no. the whole. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, like, it started to be about, like, hey, like, um, I got to set her up for, you know, college in the future, like, health insurance, like, like, there's all these things that came into play, and I was like, ah, oh, man, like, I, I think... One is this is an interesting opportunity that I don't think um, comes very easily. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was like, this presented itself for a reason. 
Right. So let me let me see um, let me see the, see about this opportunity and kind of and see how far I can go. So right. that's essentially what landed me in Seattle. How was your wife uh, when you told her that we we're moving back to the states? What's your, what, um, what was her thoughts? I mean, she was. Uh, it was crazy. It was kind of like I was really torn, um, and I kind of told her about the opportunity, and she came with me to kind of come out here and see things. And she was like, she was like, that that city's pretty nice, and she was like, this opportunity is pretty dope. Like, you would be crazy if you never took this. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, at, at that point, I was like, yeah, she she seems like she's ready to roll. And honestly, I mean, she's she's been ride or die since we met. So it's kind of like um, wherever I go, she goes. Wherever she goes, I go. So she was down um, for whatever new adventure we we're going to go on. So you uh, packed up your things, say bye to your family and friends, and moved to Seattle. How was yep. that? How was that vibe? Uh, man, that was a, another big transition um, because we got into a way of life in Jamaica that was mm. um, that was that was very Jamaican, like like, right. like you know. Um, and then we come here, and you know, we got here at the end of June, and the first thing is like nobody told me that um, that out here there's like a summer solstice, so we landed at like 9:45 p.m. And it was full daylight out, and like the wow. sun did not set until 10:30 p.m. And I was like, "What the hell is going on in this city?" Wow! Um, <laughs> right, 10:30? <10:30? laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow! In Seattle? Wow! Yeah, 10:30. I mean, and, and we're about to roll up on. I think next week the longest day of the year. So. Uh huh. Well, um, that was like that was like a year ago, or. Yeah, that was a year ago. Right. So, what did you do with your yeah. studio in your house in Jamaica? You still have it? Yeah, I still have it. It's still um, exactly like we actually decided to leave it exactly as it was. Uh-huh. Um, so we came here and kind of started fresh and bought new furniture and everything and just left J- Jamaica house exactly intact with the intention to, um, one, go back whenever we wanted to to for holidays or whatever. But we also probably want to convert it into a, kind of like an Airbnb type of vibe. Smart. Um, yeah. Wow, so what's going on with your art now, bro? Yeah, man. Um, so still doing art. Uh, when I first moved here, it was um, there was so much transition that we had to do that I didn't have as much time to do art. But once I got towards the end of 2018, um, I started getting back into the groove of things. Um, I I got this commission to do um, a pushpin installation in like this new hotel in Kingston. So that was installed, I believe, like a month ago or a few weeks ago. Uh huh. Um, and then I've just been working on new projects. Um, yeah, just working on new projects. Essentially, I have a whole bunch of stuff, and and because um, I'm kind of back in this this corporate world to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like I'm art is back to a place for me of um, having very few expectations and doing it in a way that um, I find my own fulfillment around it. Right. Um, so it's becoming so, fun again. It's not like, oh my God, yeah. I need to just, you know, do art to make a living. It's like something that I enjoy doing and it's more fulfilling. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, like, I find myself with a whole bunch of 
project that I want to do to as an expression as an artist, but I also have a whole bunch of stuff that I'm doing that's just like literally like, you know what? I have a gift. Um, let me paint portraits of some folks in my family and send it to them and like just have like fun doing little things and just using it in ways um, that doesn't have to be 100% about me being an artist and more about like what I can give to other people. So um, it's, it's start like it's, it's having a, an interesting part of my life now. Right. Which is cool. So what's your, uh, you know, big picture in game, continue with the corporate doing your thing in advertising and just continue to do, art as your you know as a hobby as a passion or for friends you know is that how do yeah. you see yourself in your future managing both because you said you know it constantly pull pull you yeah your artists yeah the creative side and or your business side you know how do you how you how you see yourself managing that down the road yeah i mean um I realize that I can never stop doing the art thing. So it's going to always be there. And I think where, what my long game is, is being able to be in a space where I can constantly create on my own um, mm-hmm. and still have a, a day job, but hopefully there's a more of an overlap. Right. You know? um, an overlap where either I'm doing stuff in the art industry or um, some of my work um, informs some of the things that I do um, during the daytime um, and just seeing how much I can, I can bring all those worlds together. So it feels like I'm just living one existence. Right. Any regrets, any regrets, you know, in terms of decision uh, to chase your art, move to Jamaica, any, you know, small, large regrets, um, I can't, I can't really, yeah, to be honest, I don't think I have any regrets. I mean, I think there's, um, there's probably like things that I, some mistakes I've made along the way, but to be honest, it's like, you can't regret those because, because, because those mistakes are what kind of give you a whole new perspective on things and, and push you into the right direction. Right. So, so I can, I can never devalue um those things because those probably help me grow the most out of everything right um um and i think the only thing i would say that if there was a regret um is recognizing that potentially living in jamaica um would come to an end Mm. and uh if i was thinking with that in mind i would probably do less work <laughs> and a little more enjoying Jamaica, you know? Oh, um, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. yeah because, you, because you were, you were actually I, focusing on building your, your legacy and your family long-term in Jamaica. So you were focusing on just making things happen. You didn't really sit and just enjoy the beautiful weather, the food. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it was like, um, like I'll tell you like that first year that I was there, like, I was in that studio all the time, mm. you know, and, mm. and and especially like in those situations, you're in the studio by yourself all the time, um, and 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 that that's like the that's the drawback to doing art. Sometimes is like it's it's a really solitary mm. kind of experience. So you're trapped in some four wall room, four corner room. 
um, trying to do some, something by yourself that you can't explain to anybody mm. and no one can understand what you're trying to do. So it's just, it's, it, you know, you're in a certain kind of confines um, and doing that for a long period of time isn't that great. Right. You know? Right. Being that you um, toggle between what you're good at and what your passion, what, mm-hmm. what your passion about, any advice that you give anyone who who's on a nine to five that they're very good at, but you know their passion is also you know also driving them and and, and tugging at them, what advice would you uh, give anybody who have that same dilemma you had, um, mm-hmm. you know, between art and your nine to five? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um... I think what I would say is, is honestly, uh, you only, you only live this life once. You're only given this life once. Mm-hmm. So you have to take the opportunities that are in front of you, um, and live it as boldly as you can, because, uh, things change, things adjust, you evolve. Um, and when you have a passion and you have a gift, like you have to, you have to treat it as that you have to treat it as something that you have to hold precious and, and leverage it in some way. So, um, like like when you ask me if, if, if I, uh, have any regrets, like I I don't because I actually decided not to have regrets when I, when, when I decided to move to Jamaica, when I decided to pursue our art, like that was the thing that I was fighting against. I was like, I don't mm. want to have a, re- I don't want to have a regret. I don't want to feel like I missed something in life. I don't want to feel like I don't want to ever be in a situation. Where I'm like, Oh, I should have done that. I could have done that. Right. No regrets. Yeah. And look where you land in a beautiful environment, have a, an amazing wife, a beautiful family, a beautiful yeah, daughter, you know, seem like you're in a better place and you you know, really, if you didn't take those, you know, risk and you didn't follow your heart and passion, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be where you are right now. So exactly, know, this is the reason why I wanted you to tell your story because I feel like there's a lot of people who, you know, who who have trouble trying to figure out what their next move is. Do I do I stay you know play it safe, yeah. you know, or do I follow my passion? And you're a great example of someone who follow your passion and you still ended up in a great safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Well, man, thank you for telling your story, man. I feel like it's a great one. I can't wait to share this with the, with my audience and, um, you know, appreciate it. Appreciate you telling your truth, bro. Anytime, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Glad I could share something of value to other folks. Thank you all for tuning into Reverse Ambition Podcast. It is really a pleasure sharing these amazing journeys with you. It may take some time for you to find your purpose and realize your dreams or for your purpose and dreams to find you. When it happens, don't be afraid to pursue them. Be more afraid if you don't. Trust God, trust your journey, and most important, trust yourself and it will all work out. Until next time, I am Kelsey Cooper, the social broker. Thanks again for listening.